It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. It is ATL Day 1's, a Wednesday hump day edition. I'm Jarvis, that's Tanitra, and if you listen to us on your, wherever you download your podcast, we appreciate you because, you know what, we're more than likely your first listener today, and we always want to thank you for making us a priority when it comes to your listening habits, and also we like to thank the people that, you know, watch us and, and like us and subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, we definitely appreciate you. We are pushing, pushing, pushing towards 2,000 subscribers. And we want to make sure that if you haven't subscribed just yet, go ahead and do it. We really appreciate you. And wherever you download your podcast, just go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We'll keep it simple and short today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to threaten you. Threaten you with, 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 with your life. We don't, we don't want to do that every day. <laughs> T, we got a lot of good stuff on board for today. I, as you um, already know, um, the Falcons start mandatory mini camps Ooh, who showed up who didn't show up Ooh. um also the atlanta braves orlando arcia looked real good in this at second base last night and at the plate mm-hmm. is that the permanent solution we'll talk about that and in for the culture t this one kind of threw me off right here like even <laughs> Let me, I'll just say this, y'all. The man lost his job, but he did it for the culture. We'll get into all that. But before we do that, we have to talk about the Atlanta Falcons getting started with mandatory minicamps yes, yeah. um, yesterday. And, T, one of the things that I, we've been talking about ad nauseum and it's start, starting to get a little tired, I believe, a little bit, is mm-hmm. the the Marcus Mariota-Desmond Ritter conversation. Now, yeah. Desmond Ritter came in and kind of – he kind of helped – add fuel to the fire right talking about wanting to be the starting quarterback and mm-hmm. and just really just honing in on trying to take Marcus Mariota's position because he was brought in to be the starting quarterback right mm-hmm. I think a lot of people kind of forget that sometimes but right. in listening to you know him speak yesterday mm-hmm. it kind of mm-hmm. seemed like his tone changed just a little bit yeah okay. kind of seemed like he's like okay I'm still a rookie quarterback I'm still need to figure out how to be a professional. And in mm-hmm. order for me to get ahead of that, I have to lean on Marcus Mariota for those type of things. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think for me, it just sounded like Desmond Ritter's kind of got, kind of got a little slap of realization, you know, yesterday, you know, or not yesterday, but as he's, as they get closer to training camp, July 26th, his report date, mm-hmm. um, it just seems like he's kind of putting things in perspective right now and, and yeah. trying to focus on the little things before he starts talking about, hey, I'm about to be the starting quarterback for this team. Yeah. And for me, I think he's been consistent, though. I think mm-hmm. he has been consistent in his balance or attempt to balance the desire to be that starting quarterback or right. QB1 but on the same token, respecting the fact that if he is QB2 or if he remains QB2 for the duration of the season, once it starts, he will be perfectly okay sitting behind someone whom he's long admired. So I feel like 
that he, he was just consistent with what he said. Right. And he did also talk about the fact that for him, it's like, but going to your point, if he looks at rookie minicamp and he looks at coming here now to mandatory minicamp, it's like night and day for him. It's right. like night and day. And what that told me was, yeah, that game is speeding up for you slowly but surely. Every step that you take that gets you one step closer to week one gets you closer to game day simulations. And the closer you get to game day simulations, the closer you do see that this is a real thing. But what I love as well is that there's still an appreciation of those around him for who he could be. So I, I think that's something that to me just kind of, and I don't know about you, but he seems like that guy who the wheels are always turning in his head, right? So I could totally see him thinking to himself, let me make sure I pump the brakes, right? Let me make sure that, like you said, I, I keep that balance that I've been showing all along, the respect, but the pursuit of what QB1 means. But I, there was a comment that Drake London made yesterday just in terms of, you know, like you said, the ad nauseum question of how is Mariota, how is Ritter? And he definitely had high praise for Mariota just in terms of him being a veteran and what he's been able to do in the league in the years he's been in the league so far. But he also said something that we've heard consistently, which is the thinker that Desmond Ritter is, the the, the thrower and the strong arm that he has. So I kind of feel like he was just being, Desmond Ritter that is, being consistent with what he said, but I'm sure that doesn't take away from any of that hunger that he has shown us from day one in terms of his true desire, which is to take that that spot under center every Sunday. You know what? I, I believe wholeheartedly it's still there. Yeah. I, I just think that, you know, when you 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 think about just from a – because, you know, a lot of people try to build this as a quarterback competition. Yes. And I believe that, you know, listening to him, I think he kind of understands it's not really a quarterback competition right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like because of all the things that he has to get in line, he has to know, know how to – command the huddle and going right. into game situations and be mm -hmm. put into situations so can he, he can adjust. And I thought Arthur Smith brought up a great point yesterday. Mm -hmm. He said it's the quarterback job to fix an issue when things go wrong. Yes. Like, how do you know how to fix things if you've never been in that situation before? Right. Marcus Mariota has been in those positions before. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, for those reasons, and, you know, until Ritter gets that type of game type experience yes. when the preseason, because that's why I think the preseason is going to be it's so gonna be it's going to be huge for him um, as to whether it's not as a quarterback competition. Because I but I think for now, yeah. this is not a quarterback competition. I think this is a situation where you have a young quarterback who's mm -hmm. very savvy, who knows mm -hmm. how to speak to the media, who knows how to put things. And like um, Drake London said, you know, hey, I have a. You know, he's a thinker. He's he's constantly yes. – his mind is constantly churning. So mm -hmm. those type of people don't normally say the wrong things. They know right. what they're putting out there. They put things mm -hmm. out there for a certain reason for Absolutely. people to kind of marinate on and think about. Yes. So um, I don't necessarily think that, you know, Ritter has lost any confidence, but mm -hmm. I do know that he knows that he has a lot to accomplish and, and, and a lot to – uh, constantly do over and over oh, yeah. and over again before this even even think about this being a competition. Yeah, yeah, without or thinking it, but without saying it, because you right. always there have you to go. think. There you go. You yeah, always of course. have yeah, to no think doubt, it. no doubt. Because yeah. it is, it's one of those things where it's in theory not a competition, but in reality it is. Because yeah, yeah it's not a competition because you haven't gotten into a true game. There's no regular season game to speak of. 
but it became a competition as soon as you got drafted in that third round because mm. you're not getting drafted in the third round which is still technically a higher round if you will kind of middle of the road but kind of higher round but you're top not really getting, of the draft yeah, yeah yeah you're not really getting drafted there if you are at least not going to get potentially or the thought is that hey if you get a whiff or a sniff of that opportunity to start that we trust that you might actually be able to do it but yeah it's still it's one of those things where i don't think we'll get away from the conversation about who is really going to be the ultimate at QB1. Do I think it's still going to be Marcus Mariota day one or week one? Absolutely. Absolutely but do yes. I see it being Marcus Mariota week 17 or 18? No. Mm, no. And that's why I say that it's still inherently a competition, but it's not anything that you can really compare to until really maybe the first point would be training camp. That's the, That's your first pass. And then, like you said, your second pass would be the real deal of preseason games, especially because Arthur Smith kind of hinted at looking at how he approached preseason games last year. Oh, players yeah. versus how he's he admitted play. that that was a mistake. Like he should have had those young pups going out there. Because when you think about it, like Kyle Pitts, a rookie yeah. tight end. Who we saw for say like, for what? Like, like, like say for what? Like, right. What is that to say? This yeah. dude is a, a house, you know, like throw him out there. Like see what he can see what the kid could do, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I think this is, this, this off, this preseason is going to, we're going to get a chance to see a lot of young guys mm-hmm. play and they're going to play a lot. Yes. Indeed. So uh, speaking of, we're going to continue to see uh, a certain Atlanta Hawk, DeAndre Hunter. Uh-huh. Looks like he's going to be sticking around for the Atlanta Hawks because the reports came out, mm-hmm. um, I think it was according to uh, Jake Fisher, yeah. that they were going to, the Atlanta Hawks were looking to extend DeAndre Hunter. Now, mm-hmm. T, mm-hmm. you know how my mind started going. I, my mind started churning a little bit. I think I think I may have some little Desmond Ritter in me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my mind started thinking like, okay, if you're going to keep DeAndre Hunter around, you know, with the draft 10 days away, mm-hmm. and there's also reports that they're trying to move up into the lottery, potentially get a guard. So does this take Atlanta out of the running for another superstar to go along with Trey Young? I don't think so. I, 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 and, and I hope not. I, I truly hope okay. not because I do think that one key piece that was missing or that will be missing again is that veteran leadership, right? I, right. And I'm talking about like a true leader, if you will, because yes, Bogey is a veteran. Bogdan Bogdanovich is veteran. Danilo Gallinari is veteran, but they're really not those kinds of guys, right? Clint Capella mm-hmm. is probably as close as you get on this team, assuming that we probably won't see Lou Williams again, but Clint Capella is probably the closest that you, yeah, it's safe to say, but yeah, uh, is <laughs> probably the closest you get. And Lou Will, you brought him back that second year, more so for that veteran presence and being able to help players like Onyeka Okongu really master the pick and roll for the second unit to prepare him when he has to go and be in that space for the first unit. Those are the intangibles that you need out of a veteran that you're simply not going to get out of moving someone, you know, moving up in the draft to get somebody. Now, what I think it might be is it could be a bargaining chip, could be another bargaining chip. It could be some mm. part of a packaging deal, if you will. Because we know, and I'm saying the Hawks, as in we know that, hey, us at 16 probably doesn't really get anybody excited. But boy, if we move up to, say, 7 or 8 or 10 or whatever, move essentially within the lottery and get that pick, 
who knows what leverage we can possibly have. But yeah, I definitely hope that uh, there's no turning, that this doesn't mean there's a turning away from the possibility of bringing a veteran in to really shore things up, especially, especially because in my opinion, you kind of need that if you, I think you need that if you're going to go more in uh, shoring up that backcourt. I'd far be more com comfortable and confident with them going out and getting somebody to compliment Trey Young at, at the two, if you will, versus mm -hmm. maybe going out there and getting, getting a rookie. Big. And yeah. what are we doing, Jarvis? Are we waiting another year or two to see them get back into contention for Eastern Conference? Because that's kind of how I feel. I don't think that this rookie class has anybody as stellar as, you know, some of the past couple of years. So not immediate. Like there's no LeBron James type prospect out there that's, that's, yeah. that's going to come in year one or John Morant, you know, right. or even more or recently. Kate Cunningham. I, I don't uh, think Kate Cunningham will come in like, oh, this yeah. dude is going to be the real deal. I don't yeah. think that Anthony guy is Edwards. out there. Yeah, that Anthony Edwards. Good. Like, yeah. And he even took some time to kind of, you know, Right, develop. exactly. Yeah, yeah it yeah. took him a little bit more time than even, yeah, than Kate Cunningham. So, yeah, unless they are seeing, you know, and hey, look, we, we trust them. Their eyes are on this 24-7, and they've been scouting these guys since, you know, the day after last year's draft, if not sooner than that, right? But, right. yeah, when I saw that particular report compared to, say, some of the others you and I have been seeing of late and some of the questions that we've been asking our sources, that one was probably the most m more of a head-scratcher for me, like, ooh, I hope that's not where the buck stops. Right. Yeah, that's that's something that I think that we're definitely going to continue to keep an eye on because – I, I to be honest with you, them signing him to a long term deal doesn't necessarily mean he can gonna be on the team long term. Because yeah. if you can go ahead and get him signed and under contract, they might help you get a deal done. Yes. For a superstar. Because so you can yeah. match, you know, match salaries because you know you have those that those have to be within a, a couple million or a few million dollars in order right. for the deal to get go through. So I I'm I understand what Travis Lane's trying to do. I yeah. think they're they're hedging their bets and they're saying, okay, here's here's a safety net right here. We can go mm -hmm. ahead and get this guy under contract and we're good with moving forward. But if yeah. something comes our way right. that we can't resist and we can't turn down, yes. hey, DeAndre Hunter might be on his way. But we don't want you to go anywhere. We want you to stay right here on ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T because coming up next, whoo, Orlando Garcia might be the answer. We know Ronald Cunha is the answer, but Arcea might be that short-term fix that the Braves need to continue to try to push for this NL East division and try to catch the New York Mets. We'll talk about all that next, part and because we are Locked On Sports Atlanta and with ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones, also known as the Braves winning party celebration that keeps happening over and over and over again. But thank you for rocking with Jarvis and me. We appreciate you guys for subscribing to our Locked On Sports Atlanta Network, closing in on 2,000 subscribers. Continue to subscribe, continue to like and follow us. We appreciate you. And also, be sure that you check us out on any of your platforms. And when you do check us out where you check out podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star review and let us know how much you are loving this show because we love hanging out with you guys, even if it's just virtually. We love hanging out with you guys. And we love being able to every single day bring you the good news, being mm-hmm. able to say the tagline that Jarvis loves to say, and I quote, the Braves are still undefeated in June. It just yes, feels great. Yeah, yeah, that is absolutely. cool. It's, yeah. And not just that, Jarvis, but the excitement is in the way that they are doing it, these complete games that they're playing. And you can go anywhere from a Max Fried situation where he gets he, he gets rocked in, yeah. in, a, in an inning. He got touched up a little but bit, yeah. same token, he gets six strikes and only allows one, one uh, hitter to walk, right? Mm, and he right. completes... And, you know, he gets through, what, six and two-thirds innings? Mm-hmm. So when you look at that positive, right, and then you look at them getting back to the excellence that we've always seen from them from a defensive perspective, so you got that piece. But lo and behold, what is the most exciting thing about this is when you see stats like Dansby Swanson, Travis Darno, Marcel Ozuna, Orlando Arcia, Michael Harris just doing the darn thing, Darno and Ozuna, back-to-back in multiple games. Right. So you see things like that or you look at Arcia and Harris, then going back to back themselves. And you're looking at particularly the bottom of that order, just doing crazy things. Right. So those are the things that really excite you because they're doing it definitely with the long ball. I mean, home runs by a mile, if you will, is crazy what they're doing, but even doing it with, you know, efficiency, because you're talking about last night in that 10 to four win in game two against the Nats. 10 runs, but just 13 hits. So being very efficient and making sure that every at-bat counts, you absolutely love to see it. And it really makes you think to yourself, and I'm going to really single him out because he's a guy that we haven't had an opportunity to talk about a lot of late. So when Ozzy Albies went down, yes, we all thought that the Braves would be fine, but last night was going to be the, the telltale, so to speak, of whether or not it would be the case. Orlando Arcia gets himself a home run. Orlando Arcia has a, a nice night out at second base last night. It looks like Jarvis, he might be at least one of the answers for these Braves in terms of being able to continue with this type of success in the absence of such an important cog in the wheel. You know what? Just from a product, production standpoint, I think that he can at least be the short-term answer, right? We can yes. at least get that answer locked yes. down. As far as long-term, how long Ozzy is out, Past mm-hmm. that 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 sixty day um, uh, um, barometer that's been set for um, for, yeah. for right now, I think that you know we are you know looking for those short term answers, and, and mm-hmm. I think that if you have a short term answer in house, that kind of helps you out, right? You know, mm-hmm. but we all know how Alex Anthopoulos gets down. <laughs> if there's something out there, because I think it's different when you go to the table. Not, 
desperately needing an answer okay. versus yeah no I'm, doubt. Willing to, I'm willing to talk like there's that's two, that's a totally different conversation right like mm -hmm. so if you sit up here saying like okay if a, if there's a guy out there a second baseman that is solid really solid rock solid and you know that they'll benefit you if you add him to that mm -hmm. team yeah and, that, yeah and that that particular team that he's on mm -hmm. he's gonna say hey no. We know what you need. We know you're desperate. So uh, we need to come on about a couple of those prospects you got down there. That's right. But that's not necessarily the case here. Because yeah. if Orlando RC continues to, we're not going to expect him to do what he did last night, every night. Right. But, you know, if he's able to at least show some consistency at the plate and mm -hmm. play solid defense, I, I think that Alex Anthopoulos may be able to make a better move because yeah. of that. Because he's not desperate. Because he's not in need of a short-term answer right now but because he has it he has it in orlando rc i believe so I, I think that this is something that is just further proves that alex anthopolis man is just a really good general manager <laughs> and it shows that, 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 that the braves have is from a roster building standpoint and, and having a plan for a backup plan for a backup plan, mm -hmm. they have mastered it. And, and I think yeah. that, you know, the Braves are benefiting from it right now. Yeah. And also having, and, and so it's that leverage that you're talking right. about. Having you know. that leverage is critical, but also the leverage that you're having because you made a few moves here and there, right? Some of those moves in-house just saying, okay, what if I switch it up on in the batting order, right? So I'm going to go ahead and put du Duval in that seven hole. And of course, last night, I see it in that eighth hole. And of course, Michael Harris, the second, bringing it up the rear. Well, bottom and it's there, like, I don't been so productive, right? Yeah, <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's crazy, <laughs> right, because there were moments in time where we all scratched our heads and said, no, what's going on with the bottom of the lineup? What's going on with mm -hmm. the bottom of the order? It wasn't working. And so just a few tweaks, here and there with Brian Snicker. And of course, you're bringing Michael Harris up from double A. And of course, Orlando Arce is somebody you brought up and sent back down, brought up and sent back down in terms of, you know, last season. So kind of a known commodity there, if you will. And Duvall just starting to absolutely right, just tear <laughs> right now. He's just yes. so hot. So when you've got those individuals starting to do their thing and then in the absence of maybe an Austin Riley being Austin Riley, because he's kind of, you know, quieted down or cooled off these recent weeks, but Ansby Swanson is heated up. So as you get those people in place and you get a Max Freed who might have a, a rough inning here or there, but bounces back, or even a Kyle Wright who might have a rough inning, uh, but bounces back. And hopefully a Spencer Strider does his thing tonight. All it does is give Alex Anthopoulos the leverage that he needs so that, like you said, he'll listen if there's conversation about what can happen, but he's not desperate to go out and get somebody because he has answers in-house. But yeah, I just really, it's been so exciting as well, just watching. I know we talked about him yesterday, but might as well mm -hmm. give him some more flowers today. And it's Michael Harris. I, I listened to this particular bite and I just, I said, I love it because remember, we talked about on Tuesday, this team starting to show two things, consistency and identity. Yes. And the consistency goes harkens back to who they used to be, and the identity harkens back to what they will be. And when Michael Harris talked about the pride of playing for the Braves and putting on that uniform and doing everything that he can to show that it was the right decision to make, he said, you know, when when he goes out there, he just wants to put on for his city. I was like, oh, channeling man. your energy every time you go man. out there, come on, <laughs> and do man. Thing. but you love it because. 
We know that it worked when Austin Riley came up initially. Then there were some bumps in the road. Uncle Ronnie, Ron Washington helped him to make some adjustments. And then we got to see the real deal. It never quite worked out with Christian Pache. And that's not why he's no longer on the roster. But it looks like it's working out with MH2. MH2 is just doing his absolute thing. Like, how could you not like this guy? How could you not? How could you be a Braves fan and not like what Michael Harris is doing right now? Because you know me, when players start talking like that and acknowledging like the importance of of representing where you come from, yes, you know what I mean. Like I, that means so much to me for him to hear him say that. And I was actually going to bring up that quote, you know. So I'm glad you brought it up. You, you, yeah. you kind of snuck me to it, but you beat me to it, T, because. I just love when cats talk like that because I understand it. I get it. You know, I understand what he means when he says that. A lot of people might say, oh, okay, yeah, put on. You put on your uniform. No, it's different. It's putting on mean you're representing where you come from. You know where you come from. And you're playing for your hometown team that you probably more than likely grew up being a huge, huge Mm -hmm. fan of because the tradition and history is so rich you know, with the Braves and with the city of Atlanta and just being a young brother coming from, you know, Stockbridge and mm-hmm. being drafted a few years ago and then now skipping AAA to, to get called up and now he's just out here balling, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, in the past seven games, T, 11 for 26, yes. 423 batting average, three doubles, a triple, two home runs, two stolen bases, six RBI, and an 846 slugging percentage. That's ridiculous. Yes. That's crazy. crazy. That's craziness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and – about and to add to that, an elite defender. Yes, an elite, elite defender already. <laughs> elite yes. defender, and 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 I think that, you know, it. I'm not saying it. It makes me. It helps me kind of like it soothes. It soothes the pain of Ozzy Albie's not being there because mm-hmm. he's such a fun guy. We know what he brings, yes. not only on the field but in the locker room as well in the dugout. Um, but it kind of it helps you kind of put it into perspective of like, okay, we know Ozzy is down, mm-hmm. but we still can do some things just like yeah. they did, just like you did last, last year. year. Yeah, without, exactly. And I think low key, not that we ever wanted it to come to this situation where you lost someone like an Ozzy Albies, but we're here. The Braves are here. That's where we and are. At yep. least they have the experience of going through this kind of setback last year, like they did with Ronald Acuna Jr., but a little bit of a flip in that they lost him, and then there was kind of a slide before they kind of picked it back up. This go-round, it's just the opposite, right? They are hitting their stride and maybe have already found the formula, which allows them to be able to minimize the impact maybe a little bit more. Now, when we come back, it's all about the culture. A gentleman who really, really tried to represent for the culture, unfortunately, had to pay for it. We'll talk about it on the other side. It's Jarvis and T right here for you on ATL Day Ones. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to say thank you guys for rocking with us throughout the entire show. Um, we always, always want to say thank you for, you know, making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever yeah. you download your podcast. Make sure you give us a 5 star review so everybody pookie man man auntie everybody can learn about us and know about us and they can love us as well because we know you love us too because we love you as well you know all that love stuff but yo t this is for the culture it is the intersection between sports entertainment and the culture 
and sometimes whatever the heck we want to talk about. But that's just how we get down on this show. Now, T, we know gas prices are going all up and through the roof. <laughs> I see how you see how for those watching on YouTube, I, you saw how. I hope you saw how the uh, Tanitra sat up in her chair and swung their head around, just like, "Law, please yes, help Jesus. us." <laughs> you know, gas prices are going crazy, but I, I one thing I can say about gas prices in Georgia, they ain't nowhere near how it's going down out there in California, and True. this. True gas station employee um felt the wrath because he made a mistake because you know how they get they set the prices and everything on, on the on on display and everything mm -hmm. out there so he was told to set the price at 6.99 right you know that's which is ridiculous you know i thought that was a, probably thought that was a joke as well but he <laughs> ended up forgetting the decimal point and set the price to 69 cents per gallon so you know everybody and their mama found out people posting online on social media so there's lines all out the door and everything and and end up being a total damage of sixteen thousand dollars the gas station lost sixteen thousand dollars in, in revenue because of this mistake and ultimately the man ended up losing his job which is that sucks t but doggone it he did it for the culture Right. <laughs> Don't you know I would have going up there with gallon, uh, Mrs. Right. Winter gallon jugs of, of trying to fill oh, up God, the gas, yes. trying oh, to figure that God. thing out. I would have been yes. trying to go Ice crazy over there, T. Anything, <laughs> whatever I could put the gas in, and he would be like, "You're back, yes, I am." Okay, but ma'am, yeah, I know I just can't, I, I know I just filled up, but ma'am, you only have one car. Uh, that doesn't matter. Okay, I'm gonna get it for me, my sister, my mom. My cousin and them, uh, all my oh BFFs, my everybody. And I'm going to tell all of them to come wow. here until you just tell us that there's no more gas here, which I'm sure you know that that was wow. a thing. But yes, yeah, 16 grand. When you think about it, even if the average <sighs> car, right? Literally, if the average car fills up for a hundred dollars, and heck, at this point, my little sedan is filling up for at, take it's taking seventy. So let's say it's a hundred dollars. I can see where you could lose a boatload of business off of a mere decimal point. So everybody, when you are in basic math class and they teach you tens and hundreds and thousands, that's why they teach you that. So that when you see that decimal point, you know immediately oh, something is not right. But he didn't do that. Yes. Assuming he was not trying to stick it to the man because he yeah. might have been trying to stick it to the man low key but maybe but possibly <laughs> but tip of the i'm sure everybody in cali is still tipping their hats and talking about this because yeah gas prices i mean it'll stress you out to the point where you probably do dumb stuff like i did and you probably you know maybe get the gas that you shouldn't get and then you end up having to replace a part on your car because of it, it so happens. i know the pressure is on as gas prices go up but bruh like you just got to take a pause every now and again and make sure. And then look, Jarvis, okay, one car, two cars, five cars. I may not have thought that something was wrong. But when the line starts to like wrap around itself. Oh, it was just the most popular gas station today. Right? Ooh, everybody's passing by us today. Right. Why are these folks in line for $7 gas essentially? $6.99, $7 gas. What is wrong? And at that point, 
I'm starting to check to see what the problem is. Oh, you got to see something going, something ain't right. In, yeah. Right. You come in and give me a 20 spot, and all of a sudden I'm giving you change back for a full tank. Bruh. Wow. There yeah. were signs you did not. And, and the, the most interesting, though, another little, little nugget about that article like, the gas hasn't been 69 cents since 1978. Right, right. Good <laughs> Lord. Like, I was like, I remember when gas was under a book, you know, but, and people get, used to give you $5 back in the day. And they'd be like, whoa, yeah. all right. Appreciate you. Thank you. I get multiple right. gallons of gas. But now, yeah. man, you don't go on somewhere that better get you a gallon now. But uh, real quick, before we get out of here, I know, I know we want to talk about this. You know, Idris Elba's supposed to be lead guy in 007, James Bond. Go ahead, T. I have four words. There is a God. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's it, period. <sighs> Congratulations, Idris. Yeah. You know. Because you're yeah. such an amazing actor. Like, you right. really, really are. Like, yeah. So yeah, I'm sure that's the reason why yeah. you're saying that. Yeah, yes. he's, a, he's a tremendous yeah. actor. Hey, look, everything I've ever seen him in, I like him in, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, it don't yeah, matter he's, what he's, he's in either. either. No, like he could, be, he could be doing Sesame Street, and I'm sure we would all think that that should be up for an Emmy, the end. So we're all just right. so grateful that he's back in the conversation, but okay, I'm going to be serious for a hot second. Everybody right. likes representation, right? And Indeed. it was the coolest thing to see Halle Berry as a 007 girl because she represented women of color. So that was really cool. So mm. it would be really cool to have a Black James Bond because, no again, anytime you see representation, especially if you are younger and maybe you're an aspiring actor, for example, it makes you just say, well, wow, if that guy that kind of looks like me is able to pull it off, maybe it's not out of the realm of possibility for me to do it. So on a positive note, I do like to be able to tell my nephews, wow, look, you know, someone who looks just like you guys is going to be taking over potentially this iconic role. And real talk, he really is a genuinely good actor. Very, so I do believe very good. He will yeah, do all jokes aside, yes. Absolutely believe he'll do this justice. But we will be watching. Just like we want you guys to watch us as your number one sure stop you. on Lockdown Sports Atlanta. <laughs> check out ATL Day Ones each and every day. And make sure you check out Hitting Heart with John Chuckery as well. Like I have said to you guys over and over in this 13-game winning streak, this stretch for the Braves, boy, oh boy, someone like Chuck is someone you want to hear from to give you the good, the bad, the ugly. But man, is it nice that he can give you a lot of good as we say every day, please, for your own sake, be safe because I'm telling you, it is hot. That's why they still call this place Atlanta. See you tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you. And don't forget to turn on the AC. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.